Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. I hope that you're having a fantastic day. I hope that your week's going well. Mine is going pretty well and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I had the most restful weekend this weekend. I was able to just relax. I definitely binged a lot of TV, like a lot, a lot of TV. I'll get into that later, but that really felt like the right decision for me. And especially coming off of being in Minnesota for like two weeks, being back in Chicago and just getting to spend a lot of time at our apartment felt incredibly refreshing. So that's what's new with me. My week started off right and it has just led to a pretty good week. Not a lot of complaints here, but also not a ton new to share. So that's really it. No big updates in my life right now. So let's get into the rest of this episode because we have a lot to talk about here. First up, what's hot? Story number one combines two of our favorite things, celebrity and fashion. Hypebay.com writes, Gigi Hadid is launching her own fashion line, Guest in Residence. Interesting name and kind of a long one for I feel like a lot of celebrity brands. I feel like celebrities a lot of times go with the one word naming convention but I'm not mad at it. It's kind of clever. Guest in residence. Let's hear a little bit more about this. Hype Bay writes, Joining an endless list of celebrity brands such as Hailey Bieber's Road and Kim Kardashian's Skims, Gigi Hadid has announced she will be working on her very own fashion line. The model, who now adds fashion designer to her resume, broke the news on Instagram, sharing a sneak peek at her new brand, dubbed Guest in Residence. Hadid wrote, been working on something, with love, guest in residence. This caption was to images of fabrics and sweaters as well as a few behind the scenes. Hypebay says that while not much information is available yet, based on Hadid's Instagram post, we can assume that the line will mainly consist of knitwear items. Her closest friends showed support in the comments with Bieber writing, so excited about this, while her sister wrote, what we've all been waiting for. The news comes after Hadid's team up with Frankie's Bikini's Francesca Aiello, which featured a range of co-designed swimwear and loungewear for both adults and kids. This news makes a lot of sense to me, specifically based on the fact that, like this article says, so many people in her orbit, as well as other celebrities, have their own brands. Gigi Hadid has reached such a high level of stardom She has like 75 million followers on Instagram. Clearly a lot of influence, a lot of people look to her for styling tips, for fashion. So for her to have her own fashion line while being a top model makes sense, especially if she's gonna be modeling other people's clothing, she's gonna be having this mass influence, why not put out your own product, model it yourself, market it yourself. It seems like something that if done correctly, And if she actually wears these items and loves these items that she's creating, other people will probably naturally follow suit. I'm very interested to see what these pieces end up looking like. If this brand is successful, this article says they think it's mostly going to be knits. I'm interested to see if that holds true or if she decides to expand on that. Celebrity brands, I feel like, can either be a flop or they can win really, really big. Like the article said here, Skims, Kim Kardashian's brand, huge success, and Hailey Bieber's brand, Road, seems to be on their way. 
So I guess we'll see. Time will tell. But I do love when celebrities show us a bit more behind the scenes of all this stuff. So I hope that she takes videos. I hope that she posts more pictures. I'm definitely going to be on the lookout. And I'm also very interested to see what this price point is going to be. Because it seems like a lot of these celebrities, what they have been doing, which I think is smart, is that they're not just creating for people like them, for people that can afford these insanely high-priced items. They've actually made it a point to make them a bit more affordable. So I appreciate that as a consumer. I'm sure a lot of other people do too. We'll see if Gigi Hadid took this same approach. More to come on this one. All right, guys, next up for What's Hot... Again, Hype Bay coming in with the stories, shifting from fashion to tech. Kind of a big shift, but it's a tech story about a platform that I guarantee the majority of us use. Hype Bay writes, is Instagram coming for Be Real's neck already? First of all, I'm not that familiar with Be Real. I've never used it, but I hear a lot of people are on it these days. So I guess Instagram sees the value and is incorporating some of its features. Let's hear a little bit more. Hypebay says, Instagram recently announced the addition of a new dual video feature, which unsurprisingly takes inspiration from here and now app Be Real. Be Real, which recently found itself at the top of the App Store, has garnered a cult following as a result of an anti-Instagram interface and the fact that it gives users a time limit to post their authentic content. Naturally, it didn't take long for Instagram to attempt to rival the app's success, and it's since introduced a new feature that enables users to record both themselves and their view at the same time. Of course, there are a few key differences between both features. Instagram still allows for heavily edited, filtered content and doesn't place any form of time limits or restrictions on how frequently you post. While Be Real aims to encourage users to share whatever they're actually doing, whenever they're actually doing it. It's unclear how popular the new update will be with current Instagram users, but if the recent, quote, Make Instagram Great Again campaign is anything to go by, we suspect that dual video won't be welcomed with open arms. I gotta say, this article does feel a little bit biased. It doesn't seem like they love Instagram, but I think a lot of people these days are sharing that sentiment. I feel like mostly because they feel like Instagram is trying to become TikTok. We kind of saw this with Snapchat. Instagram incorporated some elements that people loved from Snapchat, They made stories. Personally, I love stories. Sometimes I like them more than posts. I think from my friends specifically, I like looking at their stories more. I like to see what they're up to in real time, which I guess Hype Bay is saying that that's what Be Real does. So maybe I would like Be Real. But as what happened with stories, it seems that Instagram is really trying to push reels more which is similar to TikTok. It's way more video content, very quick scrolling. And one of the top complaints that I hear from people is that their friends' posts on Instagram get buried because of the prioritization on Instagram and because they're valuing reels over static posts. And I think a lot of people personally are still posting static posts. So if your friends are just posting a static post as opposed to a reel, the static post is going to be buried. So that's where I think a lot of the frustration is coming from. 
And then I guess now with Instagram introducing dual video, people are feeling, or at least this article is feeling, like they're coming for B-Reel's neck. I would love to know your guys' thoughts on this, because while Instagram seems to continuously be accused of taking other elements from different social media platforms, it's still a platform that people go back to time and time again. And I think we have to ask ourselves a question, is if they're taking it, seeing what the public likes, what people are consuming, if it's making the platform better, or if it's making it worse. And of course, I think probably legally they're not actually taking Snapchat's ideas or Be Real's ideas, because I'm sure there'd be some kind of lawsuit against that. But by doing something really similar, are we mad at it? Or are we happy that it's all in one place? I don't even really know where I stand with this, because right now with Instagram, I have mixed feelings. I love stories, but sometimes I do share the sentiment that I never see my friends' posts. Even though they're there, I've gone on my friends' Instagram pages before, and I'm like, oh, I literally never saw this picture. Which, that is kind of weird. The whole point of Instagram is to be able to see the people that you follow, to be able to see their content. If you can't even really do that, then I do see how people would be frustrated with that. That's where this whole idea of making Instagram what it once was is all about. So with this new feature, I'm going to be very interested to see what public opinion is, but also what my opinion is, because I'm kind of split with it right now. But at the end of the day, they are still innovating, they are still adding to the platform, and we're still there. So we must not be so bothered by these changes. And if you are, maybe more people are heading to be real. And it could be the case that if that shift actually did happen in a huge way, then more actions would be taken to keep people there. But I think ultimately Instagram is implementing these new things because they believe that ultimately people want them. Even if they don't know that they want them now, they may think that people will want them later. Again, success story with that is stories. People were like, what is this when it first showed up? And then people started loving them. They started using them more than they did their actual feed. And I think it's one of their most popular features now. So people obviously know what they're doing there. That doesn't mean it's perfect. Maybe you completely disagree with all that they're doing. Either way, I want to know. And kind of funny that I'm going to say this, but if you have an opinion, DM me on Instagram at typicallypeachy because yes, like everybody else, we also use Instagram. And it's really fun over there, I gotta say. So if you haven't followed yet, give it a follow. Sometimes I talk about it, but maybe not enough. So a perfect time, a perfect story to plug the Instagram. All the pictures on the Instagram are taken by yours truly. So go show it some love and then send me your opinions on this story. Do we like the changes? Do we want it to completely go back to how it was? Let's discuss. All right, guys, that's it for what's hot. Now let's get right in to what's good. And I have some content to share this week. Like I told you guys, I have been binge-watching shows, one in particular. But before I get to that one, I'm going to talk about the other show that I binged. It is a show that a lot of people were talking about. A lot of people were raving about it. It's based on a book, and it's called The Summer I Turned Pretty. Here's your summary. 
a girl is caught in a love triangle between two brothers as she deals with her first love and first heartbreak during the perfect summer. Okay, this is 100% a high school love story TV show, drama-filled, super fun, super easy watch. Everyone that I have talked to that likes this kind of genre of show very much enjoyed watching it. It's also just a perfect summer watch. It takes place in the summer. Summer is in the title. And that's actually specifically why I watched it without reading the book. When I initially heard that this show was coming out, I did really want to read the book, but I also really wanted to watch it during the summertime, and I have not exactly been up on my reading game since the last time I told you guys that I was up on my reading game. It's taken a bit of a backseat on the priority list recently. I'm gonna get back into it, but just being honest, I have been really enjoying watching TV over reading a book recently. So I thought I probably am not going to get around to reading the book this summer, which means that I wouldn't have been able to watch the show in the season that I wanted to watch it in. I did hear, though, that it's a really good read, so if you don't care about watching this in the summer, maybe read the book first. Could be a fun activity to do that, and then watch the show. This show only has one season so far, but I'm pretty sure that they're going to do another one, and I'm pretty sure there's more than one book. Also, it includes an incredible soundtrack, music that you actually know, that you actually love, a lot of Taylor Swift in there, so if you're a Taylor Swift fan, this show is definitely for you. That's the vibes we're talking about, you guys. If you want to watch it, again, it's called The Summer I Turned Pretty, and it's on Amazon Prime. Alright guys, and the next show that I want to talk about is the one that truly I have been obsessed with. I spent much of my weekend binge watching this show, and when I say binge watching, I mean binge watching. Episode after episode after episode, I am already on season 4, which I'm kind of devastated about because that means that I'm just getting further and further along. And I'm a little afraid that I'm doing it too quickly because I love this show so much. And once it's over, I'm going to be sad. This show is not a new show, but one that if you guys have not seen, you got to get on board with me here. And it is, drumroll please, Suits. Here's your summary. Set as a fictional New York City law firm, it follows Mike Ross played by Patrick J. Adams, who uses his eidetic memory to walk his way into a job as an associate working successfully for Harvey Specter, played by Gabriel Macht, despite being a college dropout who never attended law school. Okay, that's really a very short summary of this, but a lot of the summaries gave too much away and also gave things away that weren't even in season one, so I didn't want to read anything other than that, But I will just tell you guys, this is a show that has a very similar vibe from Mad Men, which is actually exactly why I started it. Because like I told you guys, I'm re-watching Mad Men with my boyfriend, but we're taking so long to get through it because we watch a lot of different things together and sometimes Mad Men isn't the thing that we want to watch then. So I decided I wanted to start a show that I could watch on my own timeline whenever I wanted but still had that same feeling as Mad Men. In a business setting, fast-paced, 
witty characters, complex relationships. So I was thinking, what is a show like that that I have never seen before? And it came to me. Suits. Never seen it. Always wanted to. It's been recommended to me numerous times. So I decided to start it, and I am so happy that I did. It has nine seasons, so I am in for a treat. Like I said, I'm already on season four, and I kind of want to slow down because I want it to last as long as it can. This show, while it's about lawyers, is so much more than that. There's so many elements to it, so many moving pieces, so much drama, so many different storylines. I fully feel like a lawyer now having watched Suits. I'm kidding, but you do become very invested in this law firm, in these characters. You want to see how it goes. You want to see how they get themselves out of very crazy situations. And you want to see them win, which is a huge part of this show. Also, very interestingly, you guys may know this or not, but Meghan Markle is in this, which is kind of crazy now that we know everything about Meghan Markle, now that she's married to Harry. It's wild watching this, knowing all that happened, the fact that she married a royal, and the fact that there was so much royal drama surrounding that couple. This show also has Sarah Rafferty in it, who right now is my personal favorite character, Donna Paulson. If you know, you know, and if you don't know, you should probably watch Suits, and maybe you'll love her as much as I do. Some other actors involved, Gina Torres, Rick Hoffman, Abigail Spencer... They all do such a phenomenal job. This show was on from 2011 to 2019, which is wild if you think about that. These actors dedicated so much of their career to this show, and I'm only about halfway through, but I thank them so much for putting out a piece of art for all of us to consume. I love it, and one of the things that I love the most about it is how much all of these characters need to rely on each other how much mentorship there is in this, how much loyalty is valued, and the drama that ensues when it is broken. I'm sure these people went through a lot in their real life within those nine seasons, but in the show, my goodness, they had to go through a lot together. It's so fun. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend. And if you have seen it, maybe this has inspired you to go rewatch it. I can already tell that this is a show that I definitely would rewatch. Again, it's called Suits, and you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Alright guys, and last up for what's good, your song. One this week, and it's called Favorite Place by Humbear. And of course, say it with me now. You can find it on our playlist, Typically Peachy, What's Good, on Spotify. Okay guys, time to round out this episode with need-to-know basis. This week's topic came about because of a couple reasons. First reason, like I said, I've been binge-watching Suits. And one of the main things that I keep thinking about while watching this show is the importance of a mentorship. And the second reason that this topic came to mind is because I myself have somebody that I consider to be my mentor, and I find that mentor-to-mentee relationship to be incredibly important and one that I think that we should all strive to have. I believe I talked about this a bit on some other podcasts, 
having to do with what you want to do with your career, figuring out different avenues to take, different jobs to explore, so many different things within the professional world that quite frankly, I feel that when you're thrown out into the world, you kind of flounder for a large portion of it and what can help you put your feet on the ground can help stabilize you a little bit is having a sounding board and a sounding board that really understands the things that you're going through professionally but also cares about the things that you're going through professionally. Someone that has their own experiences that are not necessarily the same experiences as yours or even necessarily in the same profession as yours but somebody who is willing to give you advice to share their own experiences to hopefully, ultimately, help you figure it out a little bit more for yourself. A lot of times, I think that it becomes very overwhelming when we feel like we have to figure it out all on our own. And sometimes it can become frustrating when we feel like the people around us, either our friends, our family, our loved ones, they don't necessarily have the same insight into the profession that you're in or resources that you could need, that you don't even know that you need. Having a mentor can be so beneficial because they fill such a specific role. And I want to kind of try to answer some of the questions that I would presume people would have about this. And I think probably the biggest one would be, how do you get a mentor? How do you know what to even look for in a mentor? And then once you have one, what does that look like? What does that entail? What do you get from it? Is it actually helpful? So here's my answer to that. And of course, this can be done a bunch of different ways, but I will tell you how I personally found my mentor. I was right out of college. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, what steps that I wanted to take within my career. And at that point, it wasn't even really career. I was thinking, what job do I want? How am I going to figure that out? I was kind of pivoting what I had been doing previously in all of my past internships. So because of that, I wanted to talk to as many people as I could to get more insight into what jobs are even out there, what other fields there are, essentially learn about things that I didn't know existed. So I went on LinkedIn. There were some companies that I thought about working at. So I looked up those companies' employees, and then I looked up who from that employee pool went to my university. Now, if you didn't go to college, there's other ways to do this as well. Finding common ground is one of the best ways, I think, to start this process. So even if it's not a university that you're searching for on a platform like LinkedIn, if your high school was big enough, you could search your high school. You could search an activity that you've been in. Let's say you worked retail at Nordstrom, which is something that I personally did. You could look up Nordstrom. You could see who's worked there. You could see if you have a connection from your hometown, possibly. You could see where else they've worked. If they've worked in your state before, that could be another connection. Like, hey, I see that you've worked at Nordstrom. I also see that you're from Minnesota. I would love to chat with you. So, like I said, I did that for my university. And then I found someone that currently had a job that felt aspirational to me. I didn't even know if it was in a field that I wanted to be in, but he had worked at a company that I was thinking about working at, 
and he was now at a company that I very much admired. So, I thought to myself, well, if he could go from here to here to here and end up there, and he started at the same school that I went to, maybe there are some things that I could learn from this guy. I have to say that when I reached out to him, I really did not think that he was going to become a mentor for me or anything like that. I was really just looking for a conversation. So I reached out to him. He immediately agreed to a call. And it kind of went from there. The first conversation we had, I told him a little bit what I was interested in. I asked him about the company that he was previously at that I was now thinking about working for. I asked him about his experiences, how he got to where he was today. A lot of those questions that you would ask in any kind of informational interview. But because we had the connection of the shared school, it made the conversation feel a little bit more familiar. Kind of like I was talking to somebody that had been through it before, that understood where I am now, and understood that I wasn't really sure where I was going to go. So that brings me to some things that you should look for in a mentor. Like I said, I did not know that he would become one for me, but the fact that he had kind of been in the situation of not being completely sure, he understood where I was coming from there, he gave advice on how to figure out next steps, and he truly seemed like he cared about the progress in my career. So I think that's what you have to look for. Someone you trust to give you advice because they can kind of back up their advice with what they've done themselves, someone who cares about your professional success, and then someone that can vouch for you. And why I say that last one is because in order for somebody to really be your mentor, they need to know you. They need to understand your struggle points. They need to understand your progress points. And they need to understand your success points. Having that well-roundedness, I think, can lead to a very successful mentor-mentee relationship. And I also think that a way that you can approach a situation of finding someone like this, finding someone that can do all of those things, is progressing with this very naturally. And this brings me in to how to be a good mentee. Even if you don't know that you're going to be a mentee yet, One of the best ways to attain a mentor is to stay in touch. You can't have somebody care about your professional career if they've only talked to you once. Why would they? You have to continue to talk to them, to update them, to also care about what's going on in their professional life. Because every progress point that they make could be something that you could learn from as well. One of my biggest pieces of advice if you actually want to have a mentor is to set up reoccurring meetings. Set it up. Put it on the calendar. Because if you don't, I guarantee you, you probably won't meet for months and months on end. Which is fine. It's just probably not going to benefit you as much as it could. So me and my mentor, we set up monthly meetings. Sometimes there's more to share. Sometimes there's very little to share but it's about maintaining the relationship. It's about not just talking when you need something or when you're asking for something. Because again, like I said, something that is incredibly important in a mentor is for them to be able to vouch for you. 
They can't vouch for you if they have no idea what's going on in your professional life. And I will say that I want to be clear that a mentor-mentee relationship is not necessarily defined by a strict line in the sand, like experience level or age or anything like that. And there's a quote by the author Simon Sinek that kind of perfectly says this, a mentor is not someone who walks ahead of you to show you how they did it. A mentor walks alongside you to show you what you can do. I think that perfectly says it. You don't need to have the same path. You don't need to follow in the same footsteps. It's just, again, about having that sounding board. Having someone that can motivate you, that believes in you, that can sometimes tell you in situations that if you don't think that you could be qualified for a job, they can sometimes be real with you and tell you that you actually are. Or this thing that feels a little bit unreachable, they can hype you up to try. They can help you map out how to get to the next steps. They can put you in touch with people. They can help put you in the mindset for success. And I also want to say that sometimes this isn't just one person. You could have multiple mentors. As long as you're giving time and attention and you're getting those core things that I talked about in return, having mentorship from people is one of the most beneficial and I think sometimes one of the most underrated things. And I gotta say, I think that what stops people sometimes from pursuing a mentor is that we get this idea in our head that we don't want to be a burden to people, that people's time is so limited and valuable that we don't want to contribute to taking up their time. But I will let you guys in on a little secret. You would be surprised by how many people want to be that sounding board, want to share their experiences, want to tell you more about their career, want to talk about their own success. And eventually, it's very possible that they could be invested in your triumphs. They could want to help you succeed too. People get a lot more satisfaction out of helping people than I think that we realize. People want to help because it makes them feel good and it makes others feel good. It feels good to do good. And I remember when I told my mentor that he felt like a mentor to me, it meant a lot to him. He was happy that he was able to be this person, that he felt that he had this new really positive responsibility. So I think we just have to put those doubts out of our mind, recognize that people want to help. You don't have to walk this road alone because it is a very rocky road. We all need help. And what better way to do that than to guide one another? Walk right alongside. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week, a fantastic weekend. Spend some time with the people that you love. Say something nice to a stranger. Find yourself a mentor and be the best mentee that you can be. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. (laughs) 